Hemshech Chaim Beis, Volume One, up to the bottom of page two fifty-three. This will be the beginning of Chapter One Thirty-One. It's Discourse, I believe, Thirty-Three. Let me make sure. Yes, Anochi Hashem Alekacha. So a summary of the previous Mimer, which is like we've been discussing, is like the second uh, stage, second phase of Ayin Bays, is that there are two flowing parallel track energies. One we call Er HaBligvul, one we call Er HaGvul. Transcendent energy, imminent energy. Which of course was discussed at length in the so-called phase one of Ayin Bays. But here he goes further, and the key question that was asked was, what is the purpose of the Eir HaBligvul? Even though, as he said, it's not, it doesn't have a purpose, so to speak, that is related to the world, because it's a Gilei HaEtzem, its role is to reveal and express the source, as opposed to Eir HaGvul, the finite energy, imminent energy, its role is Gilei HaLelmas. It wouldn't exist if there were no worlds. The whole idea of spheres is possible only because God wants a structured world, and therefore the spheres come and define that existence that he wants. Eira Bligvul, however, has to also have a purpose because it's a Gilir It's also by choice. So the main point was that its role is to create Bitl. Bitla illness. Why? Because the, the revelation that creates worlds can only shape and be commensurate to the worlds. It doesn't have the power to transform them, has the power to create them. The transformation has to come from a power that's beyond them. And that's the Eir HaBligvul. Aye, the Eir HaGvul, as you said in chapter, that's 128. Chapter 129, isn't the Eir primi, the imminent energy, also creates Bittl? It's, you know, the knowledge and awareness of God within existence. He says that too comes because it's through the Eir HaBligvul, through the Eir Makif, through the transcendent energy. Because that energy alone is kav amida, is uh, is an energy that flows and is targeted and uh, focused toward the creation. And each level has to have its definition. Atzilus has to be beyond biyah, and each world has its uh, degradations and the diminishing, the parsois, the curtains, the veils, and all the diminishing and simtsumim. That's what the air primi does. That's what the kav does. What, and that's why, uh, and that's what the Kav does. That's why you need Eir HaBligvul, is to create a transformation. And now to explain this, he went into the discussion of the Matan Terah and the Ovis. So the patriarchs are primarily, their primary function was to bring Eir Pnimi into the world. Before Matan Torah, however, there was the split. There was the Xerah that separated above from below, which means that ultimately there is a gradation, and you cannot just connect, integrate the two, so you need Eir HaBligvul is what happened by Matan To explain this, he began the discussion of the difference between the Ovis and Matan with the Pasuk that says that he revealed himself to Avram Bekel Shaddai and Shmi Havaya in the name of Havaya did not reveal himself. God did not let himself be known through the Shem Havaya. The Rebbe Rajab explained, you can't say it means completely Kel Shaddai, it means Havaya through Kel Shaddai because there was a Havaya that was revealed also before. So he explains this based on the Medrash that Shaddai comes Anihu Shamati Dai comes from the word Dai enough basically creating a boundary. He says you can't say that's referring to that the worlds 
should not go forever because the worlds are finite creation, they can't go forever. It's talking to the divine energy, the divine energy, the Er Haprimi, Er Hagvul, and that has a parameter and has die. And he explained this with the Shari Vamuna. That there's Hagadl and there's Hagibur. The Gadl talks about Chesed, God's emanation, God's free-flowing love, which flows endlessly, which will not allow existence to be. That's why you need to have Gvura, which says, die, and stops the flow. And he explained that the root of roots, this is the Tzimtzum, the Midasat Tzimtzum, that creates the Kalim. And in the lower worlds, this is and in Atzilus, this is talking about the diminishing of energy and, the, and, the, and uh, the increasing the growth of the containers, which is the primary thing of Tikkun. In Toyu, you have many energies and there's no containers to, that are too small to contain them. In Tikkun, you have the ability to contain them. And this is the role of the Ovis. The Ovis created a balanced structure where the divine energy can manifest itself and be revealed in the world without destroying it. And that began from Avram Avinu, He began to radiate. <clears throat> what we discussed at length, which I don't have to go through again, all the details, he went into a detailed discussion based on the Yitzchayim, based on the Yitzchayim, what the, what the role of the Ovis are, that they're the role of taking the Nitzutz Beira, which is the root of the soul, the Nitzutz Beira, which is the spark of the of the source, as it manifests the Nitzutz Nivra, that's Yechida, and that becomes the source for the root for all the five other four levels of the soul. Nefesh Ruch Neshama Chaya. So he says, so this is the role of the Ovis, which is the Ovis, which means they are like the level of Shaddai, the containers, which is the Bchina Achrena, the lowest level of Elokus. But within them manifest the Nitzvot's Beira. So this, these inner dimension of the containers, that's the Kel Shadeh that allows for it to be completely aligned with the Divine. And then he finally concluded with the, what this is in Aveda. And this Aveda is Mishpat Tzedakah. That you also, when you're giving Tzedakah, the flow of Chesed, you need to have a Mishpat. You need to have the discipline of knowing, uh, first of all, measuring properly and not waiting until you, until everything that you indulge in your own measures, but you give, you measure properly, and you measure properly the way of Zdok. He says, this creates the containers. Another avoid of this is Iskafia. The discipline of a human being creates the containers that allows the flow to properly enter into our existence. So he says, When a person has that discipline, that itself expands the containers, the above, that they should be able to contain the energy and receive them. And that's what the Merkava were, the, the Ovis were, a Merkava. They were containers, or it's a Merkava, it's a chariot, aligned to the source. This is Kel Shaddai. And now we move on to the next Maimon, 33. This is, just, this is the flow. It's the details, I've said this, we discussed this last chapter many times, many different aspects of it, but it just sums it up. So everything we learned earlier about Er HaBlikvul, Er HaGvul, Right now, before it was called Ratzin and Keiches, it was called the desire, the divine desire, Keser. And the Keiches, the faculties, is the primi, is the imminent. Now he's associated that with Havaya and Shaddai. And with the Ovis and Matan Teir. Matan and the Ovis.
Torah brings finally uh, everything down. But as it, as the as 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 the light was coming down from level to level, from Rakia to Rakia, was that did that have a manifestation down here at all, or was just only when it was all the way down here was there a manifestation? No, you have to say there was a manifestation. Look, the others. When the others began to do their work, Avraham Avinu, even though he did not transform the material world as Matan Terah does, which was the Bittl Hagzera, Matan Terah creates full integration of matter and spirit, but he definitely accomplished things that gave us, that, that affected the world. First of all, on a practical level. Avraham Avinu was Megayar Anoshim and Megayar Anoshim. They, they changed lives. Thousands and thousands of people were affected by them. When you have a godly person, just stop. You see, don't be a mathematician. If you have a godly person on this earth, it makes no difference what rukia you apply it to. If he's affecting people, he's affecting people. Yeah, we're talking about rukia. See, what you're doing is, is, is you're taking you're taking a medrash and you're turning it into an abstraction. You asked me if Avramovino had impact on his generation. No, I did not ask you that. Yes, you did. You said even though I know exactly what you asked. You said even though he's being rukia. And I'm asking a question. That's of Rome. Did he have, did he have impact on the world? In your opinion? Yes. Okay. So what's the question? But somebody living in, 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 in far away from him. But practically, was there, was there a difference in the world? You mean if someone who never met him? Yeah. And let me ask you, Matan Terah, people who didn't meet Moshe Rabbeinu, did it have any difference in them? And today there are seven billion yes, we people. Know that one. We, well, how, what do you know? One second, you you you're a given. There are seven billion billion people on this planet. Right. Have they been influenced by Matan Terah? Yes. You believe that? Yes. Can you can show me evidence? So you're going by Amuna now? Because you were told. Okay, I'm just told. Okay, so let me say this. But I wasn't told if, about the other level. Hold, hold on. If someone brings from the divine from seven to six, you can rest assured it has an impact okay. on all of existence. The question is, what's the impact? Okay. And you're going by faith anyway, so you're not talking about... Uh, so uh, you have to say there's an impact. Of course there's an impact. You could ask the other way around too. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree... Okay, what about the next generation of sins that have impact on the world? Became more and more concealed. So, you know, get beyond 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Basically means close, the revelation is more... Integrated. Avram, it says, was the first one to bring, start bringing air into the world. So the question is, the level you can say discussion is how much? Generally speaking, that's what he's talking about. The generations before Moshe Rabbeinu, before the seventh generation... Broader, let's say, Kel Shaddai, like he's saying, more within the structure of existence, but that's a pretty big achievement. I, as I mentioned many times. So Gandhi had that question, and we didn't know the answer. So. Okay, well, well no, I'm, I'm trying to teach you the method how to answer. You don't even have to ask me. You have to always be practical. Ask yourself the question that if Rama impact the world, yes. So just because you learn in Basil Gandhi that 6, 7 to 6, that doesn't change his impact. And the question is, why then is it 7 to 6? And maybe you have to ask a better question. What would it be like without Avraham Avinu? There was no 7 to 6, remember, there'd be no 6 to 5. And there'd be definitely no 1 to 0. So, you have to, that's what I'm saying, be practical even when you bring these things. We talk always about Asir Ruchnis. The bottom line is refinement of the world. They all contribute to that. And uh, like the Rebbe says in Barsalagani, there'd be no 7 if there's no 1. You're 7th to the 1. So if you ask yourself a question, if there were no 1 through 6, could Moshe have achieved what he did achieve? The answer would be no. I mean, miraculously, anything can happen. We're talking about in some form of um, uh, order. I'm no problem with the question. I'm just, I'm just trying to say how to answer it. To just ask yourself, 
At the end of the day, every level, on every, I said it many times, every level in Hishtalshlus, from the highest of the highest to the lowest of the lowest, is all relevant to us. It all is important for the picture, the, the puzzle of Ahadus, of unity. And it's all within us. And every level is necessary, and every level has an impact, no matter what happens. That's a general rule. Okay, so now we move on. Yeah, yeah, I just want to think one second here. To Kuflamanal, okay. So the bottom of Reish Nun Gimel, 253. This is the mimer of the second night of Shavuos, Tafresh Ayin Gimel. A little less than 200 years ago. Well, this year, the Shavuos will be this 100 years. I am your God that took you out of Egypt. So this is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Question is, what's the Indian? Why are we being told, notified, being informed by, by about Yitzis Mitzayim during Matan Teder? Even though the Exodus from Egypt. Was a preparation for Matan Teda. Nevertheless, we still need to know. Fine, yes, it's an introduction, but here you're saying the beginning of Matan Teda begins. Not, you know, a Derechagav that, how'd you get here to this Sinai you, because you came out of Egypt? I am the God that took you out of Egypt. Clearly, there's a, a close relationship. Where we're informed this, the first Dibur, the first of the Ten Commandments, first of the Ten Utterances, words. So they say ten commandments. It's interesting. It's not really commandments. Asaras adibris means ten uh, words, really. Dibur, diburim. Asadamai modis are ten utterances, like amira. Amiras, these are ten dibris. If we say eser sivuim or eser mitzvahs or eser mishpatim, just mentioning that. So the ten are ten dibris. The first dibur, the first one of the ten. Why is that so important? The connection between we also have to understand what is this Anechi Hashem could have just said Hashem Alekechel I Hashem it's known that Anechi and Hashem are two different things Anechi refers to the core essence of the divine energy that's higher than any form of revelation B'Shem Avaya, B'Chinus Gilead. And Avaya, the name of Avaya is already a form of Gilead, a form of revelation. So we have to understand, one second, I should read that differently. What, what Gilead was by Matan Atmos. If there was a revelation of Atmos, which is Anechi, Shazayin Anechi, that's Anechi, Lomenemrekan Havaya. Why then does he say that afterwards Havaya? He could have said, I, your God. On the other hand, beyond any type of revelation, Havaya, which is revelation as we've learned, it's like Bligvul. And Elokecha, which is of course Gvul. Era Gvul, that is. 
the divine energy. The question is, what is this Anechi and Havaya? We don't have to speculate because he's going to answer it. But you see, he's already setting the stage for the discussions we've been having about the different levels of revelation that exist. To understand this, we have to preface by what we discussed, what we have explained earlier. In the Indian and the and the idea of that I revealed myself to Avram Yitzchok Yankiv to the Ovis that is Tagili la Ovis Ayibesheim Shadai that the revelation to the patriarchs were was with the name Shadai Kel Shadai. When his born was explained the shame Shadai Yosha Amar leElom leElom Ayday that the word Shadai comes to say Shadai. Dai means enough, essentially setting boundaries. And we explain doesn't mean that the world should not the world should not go on forever because as he discussed worlds can go on forever because they're gvul. He's talking about the energy. It's the hagbolas So essentially the breaks shadai refers to the containment of infinite energy in order to be able to create and to be tikkun there should be a um, uh, a permeation of these energies in existence. What is Shadai in its first root? That was the Tzimtzum. The great Tzimtzum, the great Tzimtzum, Tzimtzum edition that concealed the whole energy. To conceal and to contain, what you can say, to confine the energy. That's in the Shadish. And Natsilas is not the Tzimtzum edition, it's diminishing of the air. A diminishment of the energy that it should be able to be received by the recipients. And this too is through the tzimtzum. And these contain and the containers that receive the energy and confine it. That's shem shadai, and that's with the role, the level of the ovus. That's what we explained in the last mimer. So the Shem Shaka is, the Shaddai is um, both present by the Kedem of the Tzibos and the Tzibos. And the Tzibos, essentially. Well, sometimes, like, again, we talk about microcosm, macrocosm. And when he says Shem he means in the big, in the root of it all, that was the first application of Shem Shaddai. And then in Atzilus, it plays, it plays a more specific role of diminishing. Essentially, it's a diminishing force that begins in the Tzimtzum Arishan, but then continues to replay itself. Remember, it's very always, always, always remember microcosm, macrocosm. It's a critical component in all of Chassidus and Kabbalah. When you speak, for example, about a human being, we're created in the image of God. Now, there's seven billion of us here on this planet, and each has their own image. But that means the whole picture is inside of you. It's a elam nas and belibam. So you can technically talk about a tzimtzum within yourself and a atzilus within yourself, and so on. In the world, this is also true. When you talk about the big picture, there's like a hologram, you have to think everything is everywhere. Um, like, 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 even in a, a, the way, for example, based on this, the Torah would say an atom. Within an atom, an atom is made up of atoms, and every subatomic particle has all the components within it in some microcosm. Like in a way, like our own DNA is not just scattered DNA. Every piece of DNA has all the rest of the DNA. Wow. So there's a certain type of uh, con- this is a constant everywhere. You'll find it everywhere. It gets confusing because you think, which, is he talking this or that? So you just have to answer. It's microcosm, macrocosm. It's, it depends. 
Sometimes he spells it out, sometimes he's here he spells it out. Sheresh Harishan. He says right away, Sheresh Harishan is a symptom. And more specifically, it's not silas. I'm just, you know, you can see it in the words. So you see how he's saying the root of the root. You could say, why does he want to just talk the root of the root? Because he wants to talk more. Uh, a working model is Atsilis. Symptom is more overall encompassing and overall picture. If you want a working model with the others, you can't talk about the symptom. Because, so you talk about how it manifests in the containers of Atsilis, etc., etc. Well, as we know, Adam Kates means nothing because you can't go anyway till the end because we're finite. So, how far can you go? You're going to end up. Adam Kates means yes, there's no place where you can really stop. You have to say that. Look, if you traveled, if you had a hypothetical spaceship, and hypothetical infinite amount of fuel. You set out on a journey into outer space. You'd go and go and go and go. No one doubts that. The question is, are you all simply going because you don't have the time to get to the end? But there is a point where you come to an end. What will be at that end? So most likely the explanation would be that it would be like a sphere. You'd come to the end and you just go on the edge and you wouldn't even know that there's... It's not like, oh, you suddenly hit an end and now you're going as we've spoken. Beyond time and space is right here. You don't need to travel billions of miles to reach beyond time and space. It's not... Beyond time and space is a concept that's not... That whether one and a trillion are, are equal. So the only thing you can say is you come to an edge, it will be like coming to the edge of the world. You just go around in a circle. You know, where's the edge? You're going in a sphere. You keep going around and around. Because the earth is not flat. You could say the same thing with the universe. So the bleak vul is, is... You can't really call it bleak vul. You can call it bleak vul only because you can... It's an endless journey, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have parameters. Like the mere fact that you say it's chachmah through, through malchus means it's not... It's ten. Now, does that ten mean physical ten space? Obviously not. Um, but... but it, it, you get the idea. But then you run into a problem of Tafkub Shana from the Aris Lakia. And you have to know what that means, even. Right. And even if, yeah, let's say Tafkub Shana, let's say you go 500 years, and then you go, and then and what happens after all the 500s? Yeah. It's not, it, the point is, there is no place where space meets beyond space. That's not going to happen. Space and beyond space are two different entities. If you can touch beyond space, you can touch it right here on Earth. And if you can't touch it, you're not going to go a million miles and find it. Doesn't work that way. It's two different realities. Anyway, but to go back to this, okay. So that's just a, a general statement about the microcosm, macrocosm, because it just helps. You see, he's repeating this. We really learned it earlier. Sometimes we say It's all the way in lifniat simtsum. Because if you really go deeper, you can find shem shaday in atzmos. It's God's power, his ability to withhold instead of to reveal. But he's not talking about that right now. He goes sheresh harishin in in existence essentially. It would be like, um, I just want to use an example. I mean, we do this all the time. We may have ten faculties. And let's say our chesed is a giving flow. You're uh, attracted to something, so you reach toward it, and you give toward it. It's a form of chesed. But then there's another power inside of you called gvura. That's your power to withhold. So conceptually, even if you don't act on it, these two forces are within each of us. Even if you don't have your foot on the gas or your foot on the brake, you have these two forces. Now it plays itself out in our lives in many ways. In a macrocosmic way, the bottom line is you don't let everything hang out. When you meet people, you're constantly exercising some gvura 
and withholding something. No one just says everything. Unless you're drunk. They say, you know, and even then, one wonders. But then there's... So in a general form, we're all applying that, uh, what we call, say, the shame shade within ourselves. Then you have particular situations. You sit down and teach a student. So you specifically right now exercising that same power, which is I'm going to teach, but I'm going to teach in a measured flow. You can find hundreds of examples of using Shem Shadi in the general sense of it and in specific. That's how you have to think about it. So now he continues chapter Kuflam Ralf. Now Medish Rabba Parsha Boy, 15th chapter, he says, We quoted this earlier. Avram came, before Avram, we had Shneelof and Teu. 2,000 years was chaos. <coughs> came Avram and he began to radiate, he began to illuminate, which means he began to bring truth, godliness into the world. Like the Rambam says, Esen Hagadol, talks about Avram Avinu, that till Avram, the Holy talks about the beginning of the laws of Aved Zara, he talks about all the different, how it evolved from a god, they first looked at the stars, and then the stars, they started building sanctuaries below, corresponding to the stars, you know, the whole birth of paganism and idolatry. And then he says, came above the Ahmad Isnaga, then came the great uh, tree, the great power, and rose, and that was Avram, and he began to introduce into this pagan world, the material world, fragmented world, godliness. She says the matter, Shanemar me, Heir Hair with an iron. But clearly he's referring to hair as like a radiating. So who, me, who radiated from east from the east? So Avram Avinu lived in the east. He lived in Ur Kazdim, which was like east from Israel. It's called Mizrach, the eastern world. Yeah. And he came from there. So me, hair, hair could also mean from the word air to wake up. From the exact, the physical, Meir Mizrach. Boy Yitzchak, the message continues, then came Yitzchak. Afu Heir. He too, also he radiated. Shanamar Erzerua, Latzadik. Erzerua, Latzadik is Erzerua, is a, 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 a sows light, plants light. So that's Ubezer Chelekal of Memheyamid Beis, and Zer, first volume 42b, Mashma, it appears, seems, the Mashakosim Miheir. Who inyan That this thing that says by Mihair, by Avram, that itself is the level of Erzerua of the planted energy. Because which means that the Ovis in general, including Avram, they transmitted, they drew down an energy of Erzerua. So even though the Medish should say Mihair is, is Avram and Erzerua is Yitzchak from the Zayr, it's Mashma, appears. Ezra is a general for all the others. And the Pasuk and the Medrash is basically a proof that it's not, in other words, it's not exclusive to Yitzchak, this idea of Ezra That's what he's saying, based on the Zayr. Now he's going to explain what does Ezra mean? What does Ezra What does it mean, Ezra We say it also in the night of Yom Kippur. Ezra at Tzadik. It's Erzeru al-Tzadik. What is the scene of Erzeru above? What does it mean? 
because it's like a strange expression. I mean, poetic, it's nice, but Erzerua means a planted energy. So you say, usually you say, Ilon Zerua, uh, you say a seed, you plant a seed. What means planting a, uh, energy. an energy, a light? So he explains, Now it says, this this is an expression from Pasach which has already been referred to more than once in this Hemshuch and Naim Beis. Keeps going back to it. So what it says, Antuchad, you are, I'm sorry, not Chad, Antuchachim, Chakim, you are wise, but not Antu. You're wise, but not with a knowable wisdom, basically. You are understanding, but not with a knowable understanding. So in other words, you can't say God is not knowing, and not, and not, not understanding, and not wise, but it's not what we would consider to be a knowable, that we can, we can relate to. When, you, we, when one of us, let's say, even if you don't understand something, but let's say someone else does, you understand that other person understands. It's not, it's only beyond you because you haven't reached it yet. But it's not a completely different realm. God's way of knowing something, or God's wisdom, or God's bina, chachm and bina, is, is fundamentally unknowable to mortals, to humans. So what, is he, what does this refer to? V'koi, these levels, he says, V'koi, apchines chachm and bina, shalamayla they're talking about not Chachma Bina and Atzilis. Because Chachma Bina Atzilis are already how God emanated in a Chachma that's higher than us, but it's but it's noble. We, that Chachma becomes Chachma that, after several diminishments, we relate to. It's like a teacher, a great teacher. When you say, Antu Chachim V'loibah Chachma, you're talking about Chachma Bina that's higher than Atzilis. Dine Chachma Bina and Atzilis ain't bechinis Because the wisdom and understanding of Atzilis are in a state of Yediyah. They're noble. Ukmay Sha'im Lufnei Zeh like we say before this in Paschal Yochachma Meichi Iyu Machshava Milagav Bina Liba Like we say before that in Paschal Yoh, the Chachma is Meichi, the Mechachma is in the mind, Iyu Machshava Milagav. That's the thought from within. Bina Liba, and then we continue, and then comes Bina Liba, Bina is in the heart, or Bahalev Maven. And through it, meaning through Bina, the, on the, the heart is an understanding heart, a, no, a, an understanding, an understanding heart. Maven, I'm sure. With it, the heart understands in a knowable way. So what he says, let me just clarify what he's saying here. And like Bina Labara, I guess he means. Lagav and Labar in Aramaic, Lagav always means within, on this side, in, inside, and Labar means outside. So if you're talking, let's say, a house, you say Lagav would be on this side of the wall, inside, and Labar is outside. So he says the Chachma is on the inside, Machshav Lagav. And Bina Liba, and Bina comes on the outside, which is Bina comes to be understood. So you see clearly, it's a knowable understanding. Also, Chachma, he says, that's Machshava, that's thought, that's also in the form of Yediyah, not no, a knowable one. The Bamasha, any Yediyah, Emrekadim, less Machshava to Because if it was not, he said already earlier that there's less Machshava, no thought can contain, Machshava to can contain him at all. But now we're talking about already a Chachma that is manifesting the way that we can know it. 
He's basically showing that in Pasuk Haliyo itself you have two levels. You have a Chachm Bina that's knowable. Then you have that which is beyond knowledge. He's trying to establish that. You say Chachm Vileba Chachm Idi, you're talking about higher than Atzilus. So what does that mean when you say less machshavat that there's a level that is higher than all hires and stimans concealed from all concealments? Shesos v'nelam. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. V'hainu, which means bepchinasi law kolilon. The level that is higher than all hires and stima and concealed from all concealed should source of anelum, Isa the less machshavat fisabekla. In other words, on that level that is beyond everything, higher than everything and higher than all hires and concealed from all concealed, on that level we say less machshavat, no thought, fisabekla. Less machshavat so therefore, if you look at once he said that, and now that he's saying that it's iyu that you have machshavah milagav, means there is a thought. This means it's a chachmi yidi. It's the opposite of less machshavah tfisabekla. Anyway, what he's establishing now, remember, is all continuing from things we've learned earlier. So we learned, if you recall, that the spheres exist in Atzilus. And there they're like revealed and functional faculties. But then they're, re- they're also existent. Remember we learned they're in Kesser. We also have in Kesser where they begin. Or in the ten hidden spheres. as the sphere of Sagnusus. So now he's continuing and explaining this. And it's known, and we learned this earlier as well, Atzillus is Gilead Helam. Atzillus is not a new creation. It's revealing that which was concealed before. And there is no Gilead Helam lower than the levels of Atzillus. Yeah. Let's explain what this means because it's also confused by people. Everything comes from God. So you could say everything is Yashmayin or you could say everything is Gilead Helam. The difference in Gilead Helam and Yashmayin is that there are things that emerge, that emanate from God that are retain a godliness about them and there are things that don't. So you look at a table of course it comes from God. And in some way it's Gilead Helen because nothing, it didn't create itself. But you can't call it Gilead Helen because it's not like its form of manifestation is one that is very different, completely different, antithetical to its source. So that's why it's called Yesh and Ayin. So Yesh, its Ayin is invisible from it. Its Ayin is like a mystery. Gilead Helen is something where, for example, you see water coming out of your faucet. You know there's a reservoir behind the wall pipes that go that travel to a reservoir so it's Gilead Helam it's only revealing you didn't know there was water now you know there's water coming out of there so what you see is commensurate with and a reflection of what where it comes from Yesh its, its identity is such that does not declare that it has a source you could say I exist on my own even though it has one so Atzillus is, is a Gilead Helam Atzillus is absolutely Chachmabina and has structure but it's structure if you ask Chachma of Atzillus what are you? I'm an extension of the divine Chachma obviously God is beyond Chachma too Yazbina, Yazbriya what about Chachma and Bria, Bria Chachma will say I was put here it will still recognize it has a source but it's not as seamless it may say it has a source but it doesn't feel it like Atzillus is like actually lives it and as you go downward, you can come to a point where you have, uh, let's say, Chachm in this world. Someone say, where do you have wisdom from? I'm self-made. I'm a smart guy. I earned it on my own. 
you can say I'm, I'm a self-created human being that's only possible here but that's already the beginning that's possible because there's a yesh going on whereas Natsilis even the yesh so to speak meaning even the substance of a sphere recognizes its source the questions we learned earlier was if Asilis is Gileahelam so why does sometimes say Chachmah ma'ayin temotza Chachmah is like ma'ayin yesh ma'ayin and he asked this whole question so the general answer is because Chachmah is not ayin compared to Chachmah unconscious wisdom is ayin compared to the bligvul that's beyond the structure of ten spheres so if he has the bligvul Chachmah does not reveal anything about that which is beyond structure it can reveal and be an extension of the divine but not an extension that which is beyond the structure, the divine structure, so to speak. So compared to Esos Sphere Agnusus, compared to Chachma, you can say it's Gilei Helam, but Chachma compared to the spheres, the infinite spheres, higher than the ten spheres, you'd say it's an element of Yesh Ma'ayin there. But not Yesh because it's a Yesh and says, I exist without a God. Yesh simply because my existence completely doesn't reflect that divine infinite infinity. So there's really two things when we say Yesh, Two things are happening. One is Yesh is saying, I don't have a source. I'm self-made or I don't feel the source. The second thing is, I definitely don't reflect the source. That's a given. In Atsilis, you can say that it doesn't, that it doesn't, uh, it, the first, first element of Yesh doesn't exist there. It never says, I'm self-made. There's no such thing in Atsilis. But it could still be that do you reflect the divine? So the part of that Atsilis reflects the divine, it reflects the divine that manifests in Gvul, in structure. But as far as bligvul of godliness, you could say that Atzilus does not reflect it, and therefore, in that sense, Atzilus is like a yesh man, a chiddush, so to speak. Not yesh as in the, the first element of yesh, but more the chiddush part. In truth, is we learned earlier that even the number of the spheres and tells and t- tells a story, and even tells the story of bligvul, because from gvul you can jump to bligvul, because Atzilus is gvul, can lead you to know that there must be something beyond the structure. But it's still not in its purest form. Then there's we learn Svira from Sapir. The real revelation of the divine is a pure bligvul energy. So it's very relevant this to the whole flow of I'm just connecting it all. So to go back to this now, it's, so just to sum it up, Atsilis is divine structure. And the way the Ovis, by the way, is Atsilis. Ovis Hainan Makaba. They are completely aligned twenty four seven, like he says in Tanya, exactly what God wants. And you can say, hey, that's a pretty big achievement. It is. That's why we shouldn't dismiss it and just say, hey, well, they're, they're nothing. Look at Mount Terror, they had Bligvul. If we were like the others, we'd be fine. As I said, we have Mashiach here already. The thing is, God has more than even the others have, because even Atsilus is, at the end of the day, only spheres. So there's a whole Bligvul element that came through Mount Terror. So, I'm saying, because we got spoiled, and we learn about Bligvul, we think, Gvul, I'm done with Gvul already. But if you go into Aveda, I would say we have plenty of work to do in the Gvul too. You see what I'm saying? We, we easily talk about Atmos. As I said, we've been spoiled. But let's be very honest. A person just does and follows the structure of the divine are also in pretty good shape. Okay? So basically what he's saying is, so Atzilus now is Gileahelam, but lo yesh in Gileahelam, mata madregas Atzilus. And we don't have find an in of Gileahelam lower than Atzilus. Because lower than Atzilus is already, you're talking about a yesh is emerging. It's still a yesh that's aligned with God and does not defy God because the world of Klippa and Sitzra Acha that we know, a world of evil and selfishness that we know, as he says in Tanya, is Tachtenim. But in Bria, you, don't have, you no longer have the Gilead Helen of just a seamless... You look at Chachmah, you see God's Chachmah. That's not the case anymore. You're already talking about like the level of the angels. They have to declare it 
it comes with a some there's some there's some effort involved. Okay. That's what I'm saying. All this, you see, he's relying that Ebed Hashab is now going to a point where you have to. He's relying on things he said earlier. They have to be referred to, or else you'll lose. Because this is not coming in a vacuum. If you read this alone without all this before, you, what's he talking about here? So that's why I'm reviewing what he said. He says, and Bechlolus. Here again, you see microcosm, macrocosm. Before we spoke about Simpson, and then the Kalim and Atzilus. Now he's talking that Atzilus in general is Gilehel, and Bechlolus, and in general the Kav. What's the Kav? The Kav, remember, my friends, is what is the instrument that God uses to measure the flow. So after the Simpson comes what they call the Kav Chut, literally the line and the thread. Think of it, the artist's pen, the artist's utensil. There's another word, quill. Um, there's another word, not chrysalis. What is the word? What is the, the fancy word for a quill? Okay, but anyway, this is the kav is the measuring rod. Kav amida. She says in general the kav is gileahelam of what? Of he says shehein esus from its root and its source, because the root of all the ten spheres we spoke earlier, discussed earlier at length, is in God's mind, the artists that can create infinite possibilities chose to create one possibility, that's called ten spheres. So Esosphere Zagnus is the first root of it all. So compared to that, Atsilis and the Kav in general is Gilead. All it is, is revealing, yes, in the artist without a quill or without a world of Atsilis, it's still a concept, but once you're using a quill and once you begin to create the art, what are you doing? You're not creating something new, you're creating that which was envisioned by the artist in the ten hidden spheres. As we learned at length earlier, you see. So it's the kav and beprotius, meaning in general it's the kav is the gilehelam, and in more detail it's the atzilus. We learned there actually that's three levels. There's the ten hidden spheres as they are in the source, the root. There's the kav which begins the flow, but it's still not, uh, you can't really define, you can't define distinct spheres. And Natsilis, it comes into Kalim, that's where you can define it. But but the Kav in general, Natsilis in particular, are a revelation of these ten hidden spheres. So this goes all back to saying that Chachm is Chachm Therefore it's Chachm It's not, a, it's a known Chachm. You can't call this Chachm Vuleba Chachm because you're talking here how it's manifesting and revealing that which was before. That's a knowledgeable chach. So like we learned earlier, the purpose of Atzillus was that there should be a, the divine understanding and divine feelings in this world. If there was no Atzillus, we would essentially be with the same type of consciousness as animals. We may not waver. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about free will now. We may not waver from God's will, but you cannot say that we can have a divine inspiration. Animals don't have divine inspirations. Neither do stones, neither do vegetables. They follow God's will like a clock. But that doesn't mean they have, they, they have an awareness or a feeling for it. The fact that we can have an awareness of the divine, and the fact that we can feel something that is beyond us, the divine, is because Atzillus has chachma bin, as we said. Moichen and midas of Atzillus. Since it's a gilia helem of the divine, like he just said, of what's higher, so you can't call it, so, you can't call it, so it's chachma yediyah. <coughs> That's what he's building the case here. 
And now he goes back. So then when you say you are wise, not with knowable wisdom, and then you are bina, you are understanding not with knowable understanding. You have to say that's referring to a chokhmah bina, wisdom and understanding that's higher than atzilus. Which means either chokhmah bina of akudim, we have ten energies in one container, or chokhmah of ak. Why does it say chokhmah bina of ak? I'm not sure. The loy bechokhmah yidia dayan. That Chochmah is not yet a knowable Chochmah. Like it says in Zayar, the love in Nuhurin. This is a very famous Zayar quoted in Samarvov and different places. That it's a place, love in Nuhurin. There's no light there, there's no revelation there. Love in Nuhurin. It's a state of being that has love in not in any way. Nuhurin comes from the word Zayar. Zayar. Yeah. Whether it's Akudim or Ak. The essence for this atzilus and bechinus mitzias eiris, because the ten hidden spheres and atzilus they are mitzias eir. There's substance, there's air, there's energy there. Avol essence for this agnus is love in and but the ten hidden spheres are not yet energies. Now, so clearly we have here several levels he's talking about. We have the ten spheres of atzilus, ten spheres of akudim. We have the way that it's an ak, and now he's bringing it to us as the Sviris Agnuzah. So which one is he talking about here? But one thing is for sure, when you say chak and belay b'chok miyidi, you're not talking about atzilis. The question is, what, how high are we going? Now let me just, again, let's make this not mathematical, like a little more palatable. One of the classic examples he's re- he returns to in Ayin Beis again and again, is that every, understand everything from our own flesh. So let's think of our own unconscious. What keeps beeping? Is that from the camera? That we understand things in our own sense. So when we have conscious understanding of something, right? A conscious wisdom, we know, comes from a place that is less, is not so conscious, like an unconscious. Then there's an un-unconscious, and then there's an un-un-unconscious. In other words, chokhmah as we know it, chokhmah as we know, wisdom as we know it, is only the conscious level. That would be the atzilus level. Akudim would be already a level that we cannot say it's knowable. But in that itself, there's levels and levels. And that's what he's addressing right now. So let's continue and we'll see where he's going with this. Shari Esu spheres da Akudim, ima yesum esuredus, the ten spheres of the of Akudim. And we know there are ten spheres there because we say it's ten energies in one container. They're bound in one. Even though there are ten energies, they're bound, all of them bound in one container. The example I've been given for it is a seed, actually. I don't know if that's where he's going with Erzerua, but a seed. When you see a seed, unless you know, it doesn't seem like it has all the details that are going to emerge from it. All it is is a seed, a tiny seed. Say seed in the ground. You plant it, and you don't add anything to it. And you water it and so on, this seed begins to blossom. One day you realize that the seed had all of it inside of it. So how would you describe the seed? You have to say in some form or fashion it has within it all the details. Except you can't call them substantial. You can't measure them. You can't you can't even cut open the seed and you'll see uh, branches or anything. Even though it does say in one mimer, some mimer, if you put a seed under a microscope, you could detect 
details, but which is true. You could, even one cell, but it's but extremely microscopic. But it's still even even if you can detect it, it's still microscopic in the sense that you can't really call it uh, a tree. You call it a seed. I'm just using an example. I don't know if it's a perfect example, but just the idea. So he says it's It's ten energies, but they're all in one container. They're like in one like in one cell. All all ten elements. And we have to say You have to say they're there Not in any form of mitzias Which means you can't say that they're there In any form of substance Which is true You can't say in a seed You have leaves Apples Fruit Branches You could say it has all the potential in it But you can't call it a mitzias dover I'm defining mitzias dover here as a substantial entity like the faculties of the soul that are encompassed within the core of the nefesh, of the soul. When you say, and it becomes very difficult to even understand, we see a human being functions, you have, you have ability to see, thank God, the ability to hear, the ability to conceive, the ability to feel. How do these abilities stand? We know that doesn't come from the body alone, because a corpse can generate such faculties. It's a container for these faculties. So they're coming from some form of energy. <coughs> if you were able to dissect the energy of whatever the soul looks like, would you find in it uh, a vision and sight, and sight, sound, and so on, and the rest of it? No, you wouldn't. So, th- so that's what's the example. They're not in a form of mitzias. That doesn't mean they don't exist. It means that they can't be in any substance, any distinct substance there. And I'm talking about substance, I'm not talking about substance, physical substance. We're talking about even the substance of a faculty. When you see with your eyes, so yes, the power of sight is still not, you can't touch it, but you are experiencing it in a very vivid way. I am seeing an object. <coughs> I see a table. I see this, I see that. How are they inside the Etzimanefesh? So one of the proofs he's bringing is because if not, how do they all rest as reside uh, together? You know, when, once it comes into the body, they have really power of vision. Power of vision is only in the eye; it's not in the ears. The power of the sight, sound, is only in the ears. So he's saying, how do they rest together? The only way you can say is, you have to say, because they don't have any defined substance. If they had defined substance; they wouldn't be able to be in one container. They wouldn't be able to coexist that way. When we talk about when we talk about tenferia, we say that the, the eye is a keliferia and the ears are keliferia. Why can't we just say, in a similar vein, that the nefesh is a keli for the esekhefes together? And that they, and why do we have to force ourselves to, to say heterometsis? It's just a different kind of keli. That keli that can handle more than one ayer. Whereas the, 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 the eye is a limited keli, can only handle... So what keli would you, how would you define this keli? An eye is clearly a defined container that has measure, measurable... Elements, and you could even know what will make an eye work and what it won't make it work. What would be the keli that? How would you define this one keli that is the nefesh? It's not the body. What you're saying, I think, what you're. Okay, let's get beyond words here for a moment. If we said, I'll give you an example. If we said there was a holding, uh, you know, there's like a holding. uh, uh, What's the word I want to use? Like a holding room. That the energies of the soul all reside, for example, let's say in my palm. I'm just giving you a crazy example. And from there, they start moving one into the eye, one into the nose, into the ears. So you say, correct what you're saying, that there's a level where they all reside in one container, 
I'm calling it a palm. And then they move they move on and then actually manifest in each container. Even if this is true, that there may be a level of what's called Kechis Nalamin, before they actually go into the eye, there's there's a place that call it's called that resides in the general human body, whatever that means. That may be true, but he's not talking about that level. Because as, as, no matter how you twist and turn, you have to come to a point where they originate in some place that doesn't have a container, a, 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 a body. That it's just as you said, nefesh neisah means that the soul is like an energy that just has many, many abilities within it. And he's saying it has the abilities, but he's saying you have to say they don't have the substance that they do when they manifest inside the actual containers. So, um, you want to call it substance? Well, we learned earlier, compared to the etzim nefesh yeah, keiches haklulim nefesh are also not the etzim nefesh So in that sense, they have, they're already chachma bina, but and what he wants to lead to is that's not chachma b'loi v'chachma yidiyah. That's the point here. So you could, if you wish, break it into the soul itself, the soul's capacity, ability to, to see and so on, but it's still not the power of sight in your eye. So that's fine, but practically speaking, it's, it's, the goal here is that he wants to get beyond any type of substance, as we know it, so that they could all reside together, and more importantly, that they're not a wisdom that we can relate to. They're beyond us. So, okay? So this is an example, the same thing as an akudim. So it's ten energies, but it's like energies inside the soul. Like it says elsewhere. For kolsh came best spheres the ark, and how much more so in the ten spheres of ark? Shem brings pshitus adayin. In ark, they're not even a container there. There, you can't even call them a container. So yes, I think this actually substantiates what you just said, and I agree. Here in ark, there's they see in kudim. You say it's ten spheres in one container. What is the equivalent in the nefesh? How did he call it here? It doesn't really say how it works. Let me see. Let me see where it goes with Ak here for a moment. So here's Pshita Sadayin, which means it doesn't even have. You can't even say ten spheres in one container. It's not even there in that state. Like it says elsewhere, Okay, that's the words you, that we just used. That's how the. It says elsewhere. This is how the nefesh is There's a chapter earlier where he discusses this at length. Which chapter was it? One second. <coughs> yeah, by the second level, the Sipur. The Sipur. The Sipur. So it says like this. Yeah, right here. Chapter 95. I would refer to chapter 96, sorry. 96. I think he's referring to that chapter here. There he said, let me just explain what he said there. There he said that every revealed faculty has within a source in the unconscious. And he called it Hamshachan Elama. Okay? So if you have conscious wisdom, there's an unconscious state of wisdom. But then he said there's a level even beyond that. You can't even call it a mucker. That's like what he called the Etzim HaNefesh. And then there's a level how the soul has the neisukeches has the ability to contain to carry faculties. So here he's distinguishing the, between akudim and ak 
as being one is the etzimah nefesh, its ability, nefesh, it carries and contains the possibility of all faculties. And then there's a lower level, which he calls the, the, the ten spheres of, ak, of akudim. That there's some type of, they already have some type of um, um, identity, but they're still not of substance. I mean, the best example I can give to make this, unless you have a good abstract mind, the best example I can give is, I want to go back to the seed. You'll see it for several reasons. The seed. Okay, so we have a seed, day one of conception. It's like a human seed. The human seed has been fertilized. It's day one. Second one. We all know that that second one is almost impossible to even see with the naked eye. But something has happened. One cell then there's going to be a stage where that cell will split and the conception process begins and it continues to split um, let's, let's take a week later two weeks later and today it's all been documented you know stages of gestation it's all been documented so you actually can see the development of a seed so, and you can probably define hundreds of levels if not thousands every stage is another stage where that one cell is beginning to develop into, at some point you can actually distinctly see a, a, a life, a body. And the arms begin, I mean, I think it begins with the head, and the spinal cord. But then you begin to start seeing budding of arms and legs and other vital organs. And I mean, it's a miracle not to say is, 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 is an understatement, but it's not coming from anywhere else. It's all coming from this one thing. So it's not hard to imagine... So when he talks these levels, you have to use the same type of approach. You know, not just be abstract. Akudim, ak. It's basically two stages of how God wanted development to take place in order. So we have to find the exact equivalent. I wish I could find I'm not a doctor. But I'm sure if you really would study it, you'd probably find ex- exact words here that you can find an example of this development. Because, uh, so, I mean, practically, I would... I, and then there's, of course, the stage before the seed altogether. What about the power of the soul before it became entered into this uh, fertilized egg. There it's completely an abstract state. You can't even look under a microscope because it's not—it's invisible. It's machshav of God. But that's why it's a soul in Atzillus. a soul in Bria. And that too is also already a level of a soul with ten faculties. So I'm saying is I'm not, I don't, I, I, I would require a lot more work on my end, or our, our end actually, is to really map this out, what stage is what. But, but suffice it to say, it's stages similar to what we just what I just described. I'm not sure which is which, to be very honest, because I really would need to do that. I really need to go back to the earlier memoriam and really see, because if I recall correctly, I count at least I can count at least six, seven levels that I, we've learned so far, starting from etzem etzem to to um, the nefesh neisukeiches. Like he said, even yechida is already not etzim nefesh, And Yechid is already the source of it all. We learned Nitzvot's Nivra and Nitzvot's Beira. So I count at least six, seven levels. How, it, how I would look to really study a little more of the medical development of a child, or for that matter, even a seed in the ground. And you probably can find very similar parallels. But I can't tell you right now and say, this is this, that's that. But I'm just, I think for our learning now, it's enough... So, so this is, shouldn't just seem like words, you know. So what's he doing? Adding another level? No, it's not another level. It's, it's, these stages are absolutely necessary. And in nature, you find them. Okay? I mean, it's fascinating because 
we never, we usually don't, once we exist, we don't retrace the steps to where we came from. And he does do that. Because bottom line is, when a Rebbe writes about a human being or about a soul, he's not just looking at your soul as it's now, he looks at how it got here. And the beauty here is that when a child, you can't go back to the mother's womb. Once a child pops out, it's out, that's it. Here we are. In Ruchnius and in Aveda, you can go back to levels. Like on Yom Kippur, you're actually going back into Yechidah Shem So you're going back to a stage, as like going back to the Big Bang, and you can rewire things. That's the ultimately beauty of this. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, all these levels are happening as we speak, because creation is constant. So imagine if you were able to go back to the point where you were in the second week gestation period and say, you know what, I want to rewire. I shouldn't get so angry at everything that comes my way. You know, that would be nice, right? If it's genetic. I'm not saying it's genetic, but you get the idea. So I'm just pointing out that, because I know when you learn this, Unless you you you, refer, you address it in this personal way, it becomes very abstract, back, meaningless almost. You go back to Gilgal Achar, you know, he said, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. But no, but I, I'm, all I wanted to do is just get you, I wanted to get your mind to think in these type of stages, because that's what he's talking here. Ak is a little earlier, Akudim is the next. So, Kolshke and Besesu is the Ak Shem is Pshitis Adayin. So, Ak is Pshitis Adayin. In Akudim, you can't say Pshitus. Pshitus means shapeless, substanceless. In Akudim, you're saying there's something there, but it's not, it's in one container. Again, I, I don't know which of the examples, but it's one of the levels that I describe. Ak, in this case, could even be before this conception, the moment before conception, where Akudim would be everything is in one seed, and Ak may be the moment before. No containers. No containers. No containers in the containers we're talking about. Containers compared to higher levels, you can call air also a container. But we're not talking about... Yeah, yeah you have to say this, because in the seed, when, it's, when it begins to, be conce- when it begins to de- de- develop, arms, legs, eyes, ears, they're all in one cell, in two cells, in three cells. So they have to say they're not of substance as we know it. But they are there in some way. In Ak, it seems there's much more pshittas adayin. Okay. Well, Kamashi Kasumakalacha, like it says elsewhere, relative, everything is relative. So this ak is for an example, like the nefesh that contains, nesa carries, is the word, nesa carries the faculties within itself. In an identifiable way. To whom? <laughs> no, to a kudim it would be unidentifiable. That's what I'm saying, unidentifiable. Oh, unidentifiable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the that is turning heavier than I thought. He's like really going into it. According to this, we have to understand how then do Remember, God wants a logical system. I just described the, child, the development of a child as a complete miracle. But even in the miracle, He does it in an orderly way. You don't just have conception, birth, conception, development, stage, stage by stage by stage by stage. So He's asking, so eich, how? How come Esesvirizdatzilas, think of Esesvirizdatzilas as being fully developed faculties. How did that evolve? Esesvirizdatzilas from ten hidden spheres. 
How to get from there to here, basically. So it explains in Tere, this is Pasha Vayir, the Maimon Bosel and he goes in parentheses, he adds, there he explains it in how Chochma of Bria came from Chochma of Atzilus. Elsewhere it explains that the intention there is referring to the containers of Atzilus. He's basically qualifying that even though he's citing to but there is a distinction. The primary discussion is how the Kalim of Chachma of Bria come from the Kalim of Chachma of Atzilus. Kalim in general. And here the Kavon is on Er. How does the energies of Atzilus come from the hidden and the ten hidden spheres energies? And also look into Tereh, the Maimon Noyach. See, the reason he's saying is that we can still use the explanation of Pasach even though there he uses it for Kalim, but the idea, the concept can be used also to be applied here. So he says, to explain this now, this is like the example, this, for example, the planting of a seed of a, of, a, of an apple seed in the ground, and from this seed grows and blossoms a, a, a uh, apple, obviously an apple tree and then an apple. Through the power of tzemeach, the power to make things grow, that's in the earth. Again, a mysterious power. You put the same seed on here and you water it; it's not going anywhere. It needs earth. So in the earth you put the seed and the seed will blossom into a, an apple. Now we see that that sweetness in the tree, in the, in the apple that is felt by your taste, by your um, uh, palate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, one second. This Chech is, uh, there's, there's, there's the five Hemei Chech is one of them. Felt by your... Top of the, of the mouth, top of the mouth. Yeah. There's Chech, there's the is the lips, there's the is the tongue, there's the Garden is the is the throat, and there's Shanaim, is the teeth. The Chech is the palate. Lo Yoyeklal Ba'agadin. This taste that you feel when you're tasting an sweet apple, your palate did not exist at all in, in, within the seed. For us to say that, came out for us to say that it, that, it, that it emerged from there. In other words, if you put this, an apple seed in your mouth, you're not going to feel sweetness. It's bitter. Bitter? Right. The rave zirene gino. And most of the seeds in the garden, most garden seeds, most seeds, are not edible. Besides the taste, they're altogether not edible. And if we say, if the power of growth created, emerged, brought into being this sweetness, She's also disqualifying, okay, you could say, you know what? The seed 
gave so-called the texture or different elements of the of the apple. But the sweetness came from the keich at semeach in the ground. There's no such thing as sweetness in the spiritual or a ethereal power of, of growth. So it's not in the seed and it's not in the keich at semeach. So where's it coming from? Now he goes against, he qualifies this in parentheses. Elsewhere it explains, Seems like asking a question on himself. There are other places, it does say that there's a power of sweetness there. Rashi teaches, Rashi says on the Pasuk Yeshri audits, uh, yeah, that they actually tasted the earth. There was a taste. So we see from this, that there is something in the earth. They knew what to plant there, a vineyard, they knew what to plant uh, another type of tree, they were tasting the earth, they were able to plant. Yeah. In other words, so that within the earth there were different tastes, or they were able to sense from the earth what it was appropriate for. So that means there's some taste there. The only thing is, it's not a physical sweetness, like in other words, when they tasted the earth, it wasn't that they felt exactly the taste of what was grown from it, it's still a mesikas ruchni. Which again, is the Geras case the Alter Rebbe wrote close to the time of his passing. That from the power of the Tzemeach in the earth, that's the Etzem Yeshes Apri. It gives the power for the Yeshes, for an actual, sub, uh, a, an apple of substance to emerge. Because how does a seed is very ethereal. How does that turn into the Kech Etzemeach? V'atzmich HaShuin And the smicha, that's the life force. And in the Gershkesh, he says the mesikas comes from the mazel of the, which means a not from the earth. He's just giving several different ways it's explained how the, remember, the whole process, the whole thing is coming to explain how ten spheres of Atsilas from there emerges, to explain Erzeruah, basically, the, the, how, how the ten hidden spheres become ten revealed spheres. Remember that. So he's using the example of Pasach Eliyahu. So he's saying that something is planted and it grows into a sweet apple. The question is where the sweetness comes from. So before the parentheses, basically you can't say it doesn't come from the seed because the seed does not sweet. You can't say it's from the earth. So where does it come from? So he's going to continue after the parentheses. But in the parentheses, he's qualifying that two other places we find explanations. In one place we say there is something in the earth. But he says that's spiritual. That's what they they tasted something. Against Akeish, he says the sweetness comes from mazel, from the mazel, meaning from above. That the mazel, let's say mazel of Chesed, a spiritual power is telling it to treat that this to this apple should be sweet, but not that the seed or the earth has in it any type of sweetness. That's what he's saying here. That I have to look again against Akeish, but he says Okay. I think he means to say relative to the taste of the let's say they tasted the piece of and they say here's a good place to t- place to plant an apple tree you can't say they tasted an apple the sweetness of an apple right, in other words they tasted something that has there's something there but not quite Right. That's what he means by Ruchni. That's because what he means. Not everybody was able to do that. Only the, the exactly. That's number one. Not everybody could. He's so tangible that anybody would be able to do that. Right. And and secondly, what, what do you need? An apple tree. Why don't you just eat the earth? What do you mean? So who clearly, it's not. Uh, who was able to taste? It says in Rashi, in Bereshis, Yeshriyot. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about the, you mean like farmers? That's what yeah, yeah. They were able to like slip out the earth and see which way it managed to plant the vineyard. It's right after the chapter, right after Bray, or the Mechava. Right, I'm saying, so you're saying it's not ruchniness like we always read ruchniness, like spiritual. No, no, it's not he, so tangible. Right, right. Yeah, it means ethereal compared to the tangible, right. exactly. Then, from in, in, a gesture on the other hand, it's completely spiritual. It's mazel. mazel. It's a mazel. It's a mazel saying that you you have this taste, you have that taste. It's a mazel. But now he, here he's going, let's go back outside the parentheses. What I don't understand is the, the word hatzmicha shoinyan hachayas. That's what I... I'm not sure what he meant by etzmicha shu'in achayis. Etzmicha, mekech etzmicha, etzmicha yeshu sapri, v'etzmicha shu'in achayis. No, kech etzmicha is that, from there comes the actual yeshus, the substance of the fruit. And the tzmicha maybe, shu'in achayis. And also the growth, which is like the life, that it should be alive, that it should continue to live. Okay. As opposed to mesikus, is from the mazel. Fine. Achayinyan hu... So we have a question on the table. How? How, from a place, how did sweetness come to an apple? Even with the parentheses, the question is not answered. It just says that, that there's different explanations. But the question is really, how from Ruchlis comes to Gashmi, basically? Same old question. That's the question. Uh, the answer in this is, however, the answer in this is, There's no grass. Below that does not have a mazel above that makaboy that strikes it and says grow. In other words, everything has a spiritual root. And here it says a magad. I know it says sometimes hamakaboy hamakaboy dal. I don't know if it's I don't know if he's distinguishing in that because either way. I guess this is what he's, this is going to the Kedush. So in this spiritual mazel, let's define what mazel means. You know, mazel sometimes refers to kechovim mazolus, stars, like celestial bodies. Sometimes mazolus is higher than stars. They're more like spiritual stars, so to speak. Where if if the ten spheres of of, of in Atzilus, so somewhere in Bria, Yitzira, or Asiya, they take on the shape of mazolus. So chesed can become a mazol, that will become a mazol. But mazolus are far more numbered than ten. They're never ten mazolus, there's millions of them. With each, like when you say, like say, the Esau had his sar, you say his, how do you say sar? His, um, sar, shar, shalomayla, how do you say sar? His ambassador. His spiritual ambassador. Basically, the forces below, especially in Demet Sumei have... Mazolus above that so-called um, govern them, govern govern their their their. Uh, so that's it's just a, so basically, it's really just a way of understanding how the physical relates to the spiritual. So everything in the physical world has a spiritual counterpart. We use mazel, for example, very often about why we don't make kiddush from six to seven. Mazel madim. We have the mazel of madim, which is aggressive. Madim is also the mazel of. Uh, fine, but the Gemara says, for example, a person born the mazel of madim will be. Madim is gvura, it's red. It will be either a killer or a sheikhut or a moil or something like that. Because he has, you know, basically he has the ability to do that. So mazel is a pre. Now mazel does not dest. Mazel does not dest. Is not predestined. Is not predestined. 
like you see, you find by Avram when he changed his name, he says Lech Mitzgninus. You should go out of the control of the Mazolus. We say in the pasuk it says that we shouldn't follow. Say Ein Mazol Yisrael. On the other hand, we say Mazol Tov. We say comes the month of other. It's the Mazol of, of of fish. It's a positive Mazol. Of is a negative Mazol. The answer is very simple. Then number number one, everything comes from God, and we should. But if you don't submit yourself to God, you could end up being under the control of the Mazolus, which means it really comes down to our faith. And uh, so you say, Ein Mazol Yisrael, really you're saying is that you're beyond it all. Essentially. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that doesn't have predispositions. There are times of the year where something is more Mazol and some things are less. So it's really predispositions, that's how we put it. But when it comes to things that don't have free will, creatures of the earth, they each have their Mazol that essentially is their spiritual counterpart that dictates and that defines their uh, personality. So basically, he's saying that the mazel above the yeshboi mesikus, However, it's a very ethereal uh, sweetness. Like the sweetness of a song, or the sweetness is in a in a concept, in a nice concept, in the er seichel, an idea, or and similar. Hagashmi. It's not a sweetness, physical sweetness that is sensed or felt in a physical palate. Only a feeling that is sensed by this by a spiritual palate. So there's a spiritual palate too. So the spiritual palate feels spiritual uh, tastes. For example, the taste of a beautiful song or beautiful idea. It's also sweetness. But it's sweet. You see, the similarity is they're both sweet. The difference is, one is a physical sweetness, one is a so-called ethereal sweetness. Like for example, a spiritual apple. He didn't yet have a physical and coarse body. I'm not even sure what he's talking about here. No, 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 it's not so simple. It's not so simple. I know, I also stopped. Because first of all, it's not my Chiddush. There's a Chazal, there's only four opinions. There's no Tapuach. So I'm wondering what he's talking about here. Why suddenly is there Tapuach? In Chazal, the four opinions are a grain, a wine, a grapes, teina, fig, and uh, esrog. In Tesfus, it says esrog kemin tapuachaya. There's no opinion that it's a tr- an apple. It does not say anywhere. This is takachi. I need to know what this means. But he's also saying ruchni. He's not saying a physical. This is clearly not talking about etzadas. He's saying he ate something from a Torah. This needs is a source for this. He's not saying. He says tapuach before. He had it when he ate from Eitz Adas. He had a kuv gashmi. Oh, so this is when he was. Yeah, I don't know what this is. I'm not sure what this is. It could be, but we, uh, what's the source? There must be a place. But no, but it's also it's interesting that it is a tapuach. So I want to know if there's any connection between this and Eitz Adas. Rashi says that. What? He smelled chakal tapuchim. I know, I know, I know what it means. But it doesn't refer to other medicine. It's Ganeid. It's Atzilis. No, it doesn't say refer to other medicine, but it's the same Ganeid. Right. That's an apple orchard. 
No, I know the level of chakapla, but I never. I'm talking about where does it say that that Adam tasted from it? Okay, we got to look that up. And the spiritual or ethereal sweetness in the mazel, misava becomes thickens, or misgashma becomes um, coarser, physical. Through the seed, Hanizra, that is planted, the planted seed, Venasa Mesikas Gashmi. Okay, so we have like this. We have in the source. One second, one second. And this is the physical taste, sweetness. That is felt in the physical palate. So what he's saying is like this. He's basically saying. Okay, it's the whole process of how everything in this physical world comes from a spiritual place. Um, it doesn't just jump from spirituality and then here it happens to be sweet and this is bitter. In the spiritual world itself, there's a spiritual bitterness and a spiritual sweetness. Then it evolves further, and when, with the seed, when you actually, basically, you mix the ruchnizdik, the ethereal sweetness, with a seed of an apple. So the seed, as he said before, the tzchechetzemeach will create the yeshus apri. And the sweetness is coming from an ethereal sweetness which now takes on a physical form and that's called physical sweetness that we taste. That's the process, how it happens. So there are different common, different factors coming to play that turn something into the personality that it becomes in this physical world. That's the answer, basically. Yeah. Three partners in <coughs> So basically... That's the Chiddush here, that that's what happens. That's, um, so if you taste the seed, there's no sweetness. He said, if you taste the ground, the earth, also, before the parentheses, generally speaking, it's still, still ethereal. However, what the Chiddush is, that even on an ethereal stage, state, you could have the beginnings of a sweet taste, and that sweet taste then becomes a physical one once it connects with a physical seed. It would be something of this nature. You know, you could say like this. Look, parents, the personality of a child, we're talking about the genetic, hereditary personality, will have similarities to its parents. We see this all the time. However, if there's no seed, the, the, the hereditary genes that we have are not going to go anywhere. They manifest in the seed, and the seed, they become something that you can actually see and sometimes you'll see in a child something the parent that remains latent in the parent, and the child that comes out very, very obvious. We could even skip a generation. You see that in color of hair and other things like that, or even personality types. But you need to have two things going on here. You need the root in this in the gene, which is relatively still ethereal because you can't see it in the parent. Then you need the seed to be fertilized and then grow into an actual child. So you have that. Make, takes a latent sort of called uh, uh, um, hereditary, a latent uh, gene that becomes physical once it becomes in the, in the another person. So you do see essentially a process that takes place. If he didn't have the mazel, then basically you'd have to say it's a miracle. That God simply throws, where does the sweetness come from? There's no place where it would come from. Which just answers another question. How does the earth have it? Even those that tasted the earth, how does the earth have it? So you have to say that itself is coming through the levels. Mm-hmm. That's also vitamin. 
Yeah, clearly. I mean, I doesn't say that specifically. Vadugma is yeah. The example of this be understood with the ten hidden spheres. They're like, for example, the sweetness in the mazel. It's still in an ethereal state. You can't even call it the energy of wisdom yet. As we know wisdom. Yudia. Like you said, it's chakim v'loi Because chakim would be like the apple that grows in the sea. Yeah, yeah. That, um, or chakim yidia would be... He says it further. There's all explanation of Erzah Ruah, what the Ovis, the Ovis accomplished. Okay, let's continue. Let's see here. As we learned earlier, chapter 14, that the hidden, concealed Chachma wisdom is beyond, is still beyond conscious wisdom compared to the wisdom of Atzillus. Yeah, we learned that at length. We said, remember, you said that there's a reason, but it's not a reason we can relate to. There's a level where there's no reason altogether. We learned that in Kesa, the three levels of Kesa. But there's a level where there's a divine reason, but we can't relate to it. Nevertheless, even though it's beyond, like the mazel, like the sweetness of Seichel, sweetness of a song. You can't relate that to a physical sweetness, but nevertheless, that's the source for this. Because they still have one common denominator. They're sweet, not bitter. Okay. So this is like a planting, like the planting of something, implantation, for example. That the mesikus, the sweetness in its ethereal state, nesava gets thickened and materialized as it, as it enters into this world. Now the sweetness of the of the of an apple is not the core essence of the spirit, the ethereal nature of the mazel. It's only that it's in there. No one said, even though the yes, it's true, the sweetness comes from the mazel. But no one said the mazel is defined by the sweetness. Now he's going back the other way that even the spheres themselves are also. Uh huh. You know, just one before we continue. We talked about the ten hidden spheres as being the artist who has infinite possibilities and decides at some point in his mind, he envisions and allocates and imagines, he estimates within himself that I want to now create a piece of art. And it's a very distinct piece of art. Now let's say, for example, he shares it with you. He shares his vision with you. What do you have here? You have a vision. You have no art. You don't even have the beginnings of a plan. But you have the definition of whatever will come later has been defined now. So think of it, let's say his, what he's envisioning is to have a sweet apple and a bitter apple. So in, in, the, in the vision level, it's only a conceptual sweetness. Which maybe on one level becomes sweetness like intelligence or sweetness like a beautiful song. But then comes some place where he takes actually a, a, a quill and ink and then translates it into a, into a palette, another palette, a palette on a canvas, <coughs> and actually makes the picture. So someone said, "There's nothing." 
Whatever you see here, I already heard in vision. But it's not it yet. It's not a physical form of it. So ten hidden spheres is still in the state. But if, but if you didn't have the vision, you'd never get the art where it is. So you need to have that middle stage. So it's almost like the intermediary between infinite possibilities to the actual physical structure. Okay. So now he's going the other way around. Now this sweetness in the apple, that's not the core of the spirit, of the ethereal power of the mazel. El is pashetis. It's only a reflection that extends that, that extends from and emerges from the core essence of the spirit of the power of the mazel that strikes it and says grow or makes it grow. For Aruzu and this reflection is Sava Vinis Gashma. This reflection thickens and takes on physical material and becomes more Substance, substance. To the point that until it becomes actual physical sweetness. This extension, this spreading is not like water that spreads from space to place to place. Because when it comes to water, water that's here and you spread it out, it's the same water. It's actually the same substance is going from one place to the next. That's why the water that that is uh, that flows doesn't remain in the first place because you're actually the physical water here traveled here. However, with the power of the mazel, the ethereal power in the mazel, nothing is diminished in the source. Of the mazel, once the once there's the growth and the and the development of the fr- of the fruit, why? Because only a reflection of the mazel. If the mazel was actually being translated into a fruit, into a switch to this, then you'd say, okay, the mazel is no longer a mazel. Now it's moved here. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. How do you know that? Well, because. The spirit doesn't become gashmi. That's how you know it physically. Well, you know, in Rukhni, in, 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 for sure you know it, because you know God's not defined by the ten spheres. That's for sure. In the mazel, you have to say because it's spiritual, and spiritual doesn't become physical, it's just a source for it. So it's only it's only a reflection of of that place. Let's continue. And this reflection is the thing that becomes misgashim, substance substantiated. No substance full of misgashim. That mugushim becomes coarser and takes on and a physical taste sweetness. The example of this is that the ten spheres above. The example of this above is that the ten spheres are called because they show they're only a reflection of their source and root. As, let's go back to the artist. I said the artist that envisions the the image. Yes, without that, there's no, there's not going to be any art, physical art. But he's not defined by his that that those ten spheres of his. But that doesn't reflect who he is. It's only a reflection of him. The same thing is here. That this, so, the, so the example goes both ways. The ten hidden spheres evolve into ten spheres in Atsilas, like the sweetness of the mazel, 
becomes physical sweetness. Obviously, Atzilus is not physical, but an example. And yet, the ten hidden spheres are not are only a reflection. The sweetness in the ten hidden spheres is only a reflection of what the spheres really are like, because they're not the etzim of the spheres. They're only a order, and they do not create any change in the source. The commission is like we learned earlier, chapter fifty-four. Here you go. They do it in Eir and Shefa. The Shefa, there's Light that comes out of something does not create any change. In, God forbid. Okay, where a Shefa does create a change. So we have like this. So we have it's like this. So we've established. Uh, we've established that this air is of how esosphere signals become esosphere sagalus in that's that's like the muzzle that becomes a physical from spiritual sweetness to physical sweetness, and yet it's only a reflection of that. She so says vizel erzerua. This explains the meaning erzerua. She said, like we said by Yitzchok and the others in general. They brought down Erzerua. This is the level of the finite energy. Because the formation of the ten spheres is like an example of the planted energy. Because they're only a reflection. Like the example of energy that comes from a source, a luminary. It's only a reflection. However, in our case, it's not like the sun. See, sunlight is not shefa. The sun, the light, does not diminish anything in the sun because it's only a reflection of it. But like we learned earlier, that's also not an example completely for many reasons, but he's going further. The sun, the sunlight does become nizgashim. No, no, I'm sorry, my, my, my mistake, but no. Not like Ereshem HaShem, not like the, the sunlight, the earth does not become Nizgashem. The same light that you see from there comes here, it doesn't become thicker, it doesn't change. Here it's Erzerua, here it does. Ki'im kamoy Erzerua. Here it's like a planted light energy. So it's not like sunlight. Sunlight is only an example for the earth part. So we have actually a very interesting paradox. The ten hidden spheres, on one hand, are like light. It's only a reflection and not the core. But it's also a light that's not like sunlight. It's a light that actually goes through changes and will become thickened and coarse to the point that it will actually get to assume physical properties. Same thing, the ten spheres, the air of the ten spheres, not silas. They're like erzerua. They're like a planted light. They come in agshama. Compared to the source, they're akshama because they do become of substance to the point that they become erachachma. Let's put it this way: if as the sphere of was like sunlight, and the sunlight is bringing us chachma bina das, it would never, it would remain sunlight. It doesn't assume the properties of this world. You want that the ten spheres should assume the properties, so it's er zerua. That's the example. It's like a planted seed, but it's still air. So it's like, it's like a contradiction. It's a planted seed. That's the thing. What do you mean, air You don't plant air. But here you want an air that's planted into existence that will turn into a physical sweetness. So it's air on one hand, but zerua on the other. Hello? So sun is only air and not zerua. Shefa is only zerua and not air. You follow? Yeah. And here you have an air that's also zerua. That's the key. So you have air that's zerua. You have air that's not zero, that's like sun. 
Shefa would be like Mayim. It's Zerua, but it's not Te'ir. It's like, it actually moves on. And here you maintain, it's coming from the level of, that's like the real interface. So in the level of divine energy, defined energy, that comes into physical energy. So the structure of existence is really rooted in the divine structure, which is far more ethereal. Physical. So physical sweetness comes from spiritual sweetness. And he says, Lefiera, that's what he says, Lefiera, because Lefiera is Chachem Vele Bechachem Yediyah. And here it's a Chachem that he does have wisdom, does understand, so compared to the Maka, where he's not Chachem Yediyah, it's Hakshom, it's, it's a, it's a it Moshal. Remember, at the end of the day, Esos Firas Hatzilas are not a physical thing. But compared to Esos Firas Gnuzis. Kitzur. Summary. The Medrash says, Avram came and began to radiate. says, What did he radiate? Planted energy. Implanted energy. By Inyan, the Inyan of this is the Chakim Vlebuchach Medea, Zabchin Chakim Da'akva Kudim. Chakim, that is wise but not with a noble wisdom. That's Chakim of Ak and Akudim. The love in and Hudim. There's no energy, there's no light there. No revelation. Like the cheches which are encompassed in the nefesh, or even higher, the nefesh neisabatzme. That he says is even a higher level. First one is a kudim, the second one is ak. Right, one is a kudim, the second one is ak. The wisdom of itzilus, however, is a noble wisdom that's only revealing the concealed. So how did that become? This is like the, the emergence, the, cre- the coming of how the the shaping of the mesikas, the sweetness of the of the apple from the mazel that comes through the inter- interface of the seed, so it comes into kshom and the intermediacy that comes in a, in a material takes on substance. Now the sweetness of the apple is only a reflection of the sweetness of the mazel, and there's nothing missing, nothing diminished in the source. Not like the light of the sun. Here we're talking, it actually comes into hakshama, physical, physicality, like through the seed. Same thing with energies, they're only a reflection of the source. Source, and that's why there's no shini, there's no, it doesn't cause any change. But they come in a form of mitzias, they've come now a substantial energy, and that's erzeruah, that's the planting of the erzeruah. And I was going to go soon and explain how this is, is not totally still talking the about the, the, the ovus. Mitzik is not totally from the mazim, mitzik is also from the garden. Because you could have a, a Macintosh, you know, apple or a gala apple or another type of apple. It's all coming from the seed. <laughs> or they, they, or they didn't have different mazolas. He's not saying what you just said. But you said he does not. He doesn't want to say what you're saying. No, but you're not planting one seed and all the different apple trees grow from that seed. There's different seeds for different. So, apples. so you could say there's different mazolas for for sweet apples and one for bitter apples. Each apple might have its own Each apple slightly different. But the seed yeah. is made of sweeter you, apples. You, what's up? What, 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 you don't have to say it that way. You could say. Um, well, he's going to speak, continue speaking what exactly is the seed. What he just wanted to say here was that there's an evolution from a ethereal state, the model, till it becomes planted into a... You have the same question on apple and orange. Yeah, no, but if you have a, you're right. If you, have a, if you have a red delicious uh, seed, so it's going to go red delicious apple. 
because it's because it's connected to the basil of the of a sweet apple. So the garden is connected to the basil. Some, some, some infinite amount of things each apple of the orchard might be yeah, but he's just saying that the taste itself is yeah. uh, the effect of the mazel that's what it's really another uh, it's more of a she says clearly that and uh, the seed could be just apri. maybe the seed creates the physical manifestation but the taste comes from its uh, root Yes, it's true. Of course, one seed, yeah, one seed, the seed of a of a sweet apple is not going to create a bitter apple. It's correct. The seed is is uh, commensurate with the mazel. That is true. Question is who's who, who's who's proje- who's um, sending the sweet message essentially. I mean, why do you need a mazel altogether? Why can't you just say God put into the seed the power it goes into the ground and that's it? The medrash says ain't the mazel lamaila. So what is the mazel doing? I could say the mazel is the soul of the apple. That's what you can say. It's the soul of a sweet apple, so it's sweet. Obviously, now you need a garden that is commensurate to that. If you put a the wrong type of seed, it's not going to draw that down. So you do need both. I have no, there's no problem with what you're saying. I'm just saying the focus here is putting more. He doesn't want the seed alone. He wants it to be in the air. That's why. Because what you're saying would basically mean that the kalim of Atsilas have chesed. He wants that the air should also have chesed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that's think that's, right I think that's the case. But, 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 the, but the process, the key is the process. Well, he's, we didn't finish it. He's going to continue. I want to see the whole example with the zuriya. Okay, let's stop here. We did chapter one thirty-one, page one second. That's page two fifty-three through two fifty-five.